All right, welcome everyone to a new episode of the Roscoe's Wetsuit Neuro Podcast. I am your host, Toby Passman. On the show with me today, we have a special guest, Brian Talor. Brian is a father, writer, speaker, coach, mentor, and podcaster. Uh, he doesn't hold any fancy degrees. There isn't a PhD after his name, but what he does possess is a genuine desire to help others. He coaches from life experiences, not a textbook. Brian began his Conquering Everest podcast in the summer of 2020 with the mission to provide a platform for others to share their tragedy to triumph stories. He also began a coaching business to help mentor others struggling with fear, insecurity, and or depression. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So tell me about what, what originally caused, like what was the inspiration for, for your coaching business and podcasts? Like what, tell me a little about kind of your story and, and kind of how you, how you ended up doing what you're, uh, what you've come to do today. Sure. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple different layers to that, that, that we can peel back. Uh, but starting with the podcast and, and, and really maybe the coaching, I had thought about coaching for a while and I have been doing some or had been doing some mentoring informally. But uh, in 2019, I, um, I started, I, I had a severe depression. Um, it, it just kicked in uh, almost, almost as, as if, you know, out of the blue, even though as I've gone back and I've kind of looked at my past and, 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 and written my story and told my story, I, I could see where, for most of my life, I have had depression, but I've been masking it, or I had been masking it with whether it's work or relationships, um, whatever I could just to not face the fact, fact that I was, I was depressed. But in 2019, I began having suicidal ideations, and the depression got really real to the point where I was having a hard time getting out of bed and hard time going to work and just doing the things that I needed to do. And so what I decided that, that would be the, the cure for this is I said, well, you know what, if I'm busy, I'll, it'll, it'll, it'll just stay in the background. And so I was working. So most of 2019, I was working from about 8 AM to about 10 PM. And then I would come home and attempt to sleep, uh, but usually couldn't. And it, it just got really bad. In 2020, I had a, a day job that something, you know, something transpired between me and my boss, and here came back the depression. It, it came back even harder and stronger than it had did, that it had done in 2019. And once again, I found myself contemplating suicide. The difference is uh, on March 5th of 2020. Uh, I, I actually came very close to attempting suicide. I was driving home uh, from a dentist appointment and I was on the interstate and I had a good speed going. And of course, all the irrational thoughts are going through my mind. And, and I saw this big chunk of concrete, like as if they were getting ready to do some construction. So they were setting out these big concrete barriers. And I said to myself, you know, it would be really simple for me to hit the gas, unbuckle the seatbelt, and just be done with this. I don't have to feel this pain. You know, I don't have to go through this anymore. But 
as I sped up my truck and as I started to unbuckle my seatbelt, a, a voice of reason um, popped in my head and it said, get help. Just go talk to somebody. So I slowed down. I rebuckled my seatbelt. I had, you know, I was crying. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just burst out uh, emotionally because of what had just about transpired. And so I ended up, uh, we have something around here called prompt care. So when you can't get in to see your doctor, you can get in to see a doctor, uh, but they're not really equipped to handle uh, mental health. And so I'm sure the lady, the poor uh, lady, she was a volunteer and, and older. She was probably freaking out when I came in because here's this, you know, grown man and I'm pretty big and I'm coming in and I'm, I'm crying. I'm just asking for help. I'm pacing. And they finally got me back. I saw a nurse and they got a, a crisis counselor in. And um, she said, listen, I, I think you need to be hospitalized, but I'm going to leave that choice up to you. And I said, okay, I'll do it. Because at this point, I don't trust myself. If I leave here and, and just go on my own, I don't think I'm going to make it through the day. Uh, that's how I felt. And so uh, I, I voluntarily got hospitalized, went to a went to a facility that specialized in mental health. And that was probably the best thing that happened to me. It, it, it was a bit scary, you know, you're locked, locked up, right? It's kind of like prison, but it not, not as, you know, you don't have to worry about anybody coming after you or anything like that, but you, you are confined and limited to what you could do and got to sleep with the door open and all that. But as I got in there and I started to meet folks and I slowly began to realize that, Yes, I'm broken, but there's a lot of other broken people here. So like, I'm not alone. And that was the first time I think in my life that I it processed mentally that I'm not alone in this, this battle. There's all these other people that I'm now surrounded with that, that, that are going through their own battles, own similar battles, whether it was with addiction or suicide or men, you know, just mental health in general. And as I got to know these folks and we prayed together and, you know, we laughed together, it, it, it really changed my, my thinking. Now, when I got out, I was still depressed. I still was battling. I was still trying to get the medications right from my doctor, but I had a new sense of purpose where I'm like, you know what? I need to, I need to open up an avenue to let people know they're not alone. And, and that's how the podcast was born. And then ultimately I decided I would do some coaching as well. Um, life coaching, just just to help anybody that 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 might be going through similar uh, similar issues, such as I did, or the other thing was fear and insecurities, which I feel is more my my forte than anything. But so that's kind of a a long way to get to a short story. But um, you know, as we go back and peel back the layers, there's there's you know, I think you could start seeing where where the mental health issues developed. And it sounds like, so really that, that kind of community aspect of, of treatment was kind of the big, uh, big, uh, the, the key almost in terms of what, what really helped you to kind of take a step back and, and realize that you weren't alone in this and, and then be able to kind of do stuff that is kind of on your purpose. Is that, would you, is that accurate to say? Yeah, I would, I would say that's, that's very accurate because when I was going through, so in 2020, when I started having some issues at work, I was, I was made to feel like I was crazy. Like I was going crazy. Uh, I was at work. I was, 
I would be emotional randomly. I'd be sitting there working, be fine, and then I would just break down. Or I would have a panic attack. I started having panic attacks, and I'd end up in, in the bathroom stall sitting there just crying. And I felt like, I'm like, what is going on? Because I had never experienced this amount of emotion before. And I just like, I'm going crazy. And I didn't want to admit it because there's a stigma, at least in my mind, there's going to be a stigma. They're going to call me crazy. My boss was already alluding to the fact that I, I might be crazy uh, with, with some of the things that she was saying. But, um, but yeah, once I got in and I got around these other people, I didn't care. Like my problems, I mean, they were still there. I was still depressed. I still had anxiety, but I was really more concerned with everybody around me. I wanted to hear their story. I wanted to pray with them. I wanted just to laugh or cry with them, whatever the case may be. And uh, it's tough because they tell you, don't get attached to anybody here because you don't know who they are outside this, these doors. So it's not like you're making long-term friendships that you're going to follow up with. It's, it, I was there for five days and, and, and that's, I haven't talked to anybody that I was in there with since. Uh, but yeah, that, that sense of community, that sense of belonging, and just really knowing that there's others in this world that need help. And I think once you, at least for me, when I, when I saw it that way, I was like, my problems really aren't that big because I, I got, my life is pretty good. You know, it's, it's, it, it, there's nothing I can complain about. Right, right. Do you feel that um, just kind of like the stigma surrounding mental health was what, what kind of caused you to maybe not have those conversations with, with just past people in your life? Um, yeah. And it had to end up being the people that you met, like at the, the treatment facility. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, as a, at least in, in my mind, where I grew up and how I grew up, you know, a, a man, you know, is supposed to go to work, he's supposed to provide for his family, he's, he's supposed to be the strong one, he's not supposed to be breaking down in tears. And a lot of it, you know, going back to childhood, I, you know, I, I grew up my father wasn't in the picture. I had a stepfather that came in that was uh, emotionally abusive most of the time, sometimes physically abusive. So from a very early age, I started to develop these fears and insecurities. And, 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 I, did, and I, I just, I wanted to please everybody. And, 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 and I see all these decisions that I made throughout my life after that. And I realized I made these decisions not because it was what I wanted to do, but it's what I thought people expected of me to do. So th I guess that was another part. So you sort of realized that, that you needed to start uh, making decisions out of what you truly desired rather than yeah. what other people may, may want from you. Yeah. I think, you know, once, once I went through, once I finally let my guard down and I let the depression and the anxiety manifest itself and I work, you know, that, that first year, like I said, I tried to, I, I just tried to work it, just work as much as possible so I could forget about it. But my body gave out because I was working so many hours and I was just physically and mentally exhausted. And once all of those, those um, force fields were down, the depression just came in and it got me really good. Uh, but once I, once I got in and I met the other people and I heard their stories, some of their stories were like, I'm, I'm thinking back in mine and I'm like, thank God I didn't go through that. You know, uh, I met, a, I met a woman that she was, she, she couldn't even leave her room. She was in this facility with us 
and she would stand in the doorway and look out, but she was so scared to just take a step out and talk to anybody. And she was always shaking. And I'm like, man, you know, like, yeah, I went through some stuff, but I'm not going through that. And, and so I really started to see it not as a, yes, it was suffering, but I, I began to see purpose in that suffering. If that makes sense. It does. And was that kind of also what it sounds like kind of led you to, to start conquering Everest, your, like the podcast to yeah. kind of talk to other people who, who had maybe similar journeys as you did? Yeah, I started conquering. So conquering Everest came out not only from that hospitalization, but once I, once I was out um, and, and I, and I still, you know, I couldn't sleep or, or, you know, I, I laid in bed constantly. I couldn't really function. Um, but I, I would find myself up at like three o'clock in the morning and I'd be looking for something that's on YouTube or a podcast or anything that would just give me that feeling. I had that feeling of safety and community that I had in the hospital and I couldn't find anything. I just could not, everything I, I found was experts that were telling me, you know, get up and exercise or, you know, eat right or do this. And I'm like, that's, yeah, I know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I can't, I can't physically or mentally get myself to do that. And, and I couldn't find anything that would soothe my soul. So I said, you know what, let me just, I'll create something. And so I actually created the podcast while I was still going through the severe depression. Um, and I even a few of the first couple episodes, I believe, I recorded while I was depressed. I had no idea what the podcast was going to be about. I just wanted to be a voice, a comforting voice to reassure whoever's out there, whatever their struggles were, that they don't have to uh, go through it alone. And it's, you know, over time, it, it's turned into, it's, it's taken on an, a life of its own. But, um, but yeah, I just, I just said, you know what, I'll just start where I'm at. And it wasn't until 2021, like January, that I, you know, one day I finally woke up and I felt good. And, and yeah, there were some things that led up to that because I started doing, I started setting little goals, like get up tomorrow and take a shower. And if I did that, hey, that's a victory, man. You just, you, you rocked it. Um, don't, don't binge eat tomorrow. You know, if I, and if I could eat healthy and not binge eat, that was a victory. So I just started adding these little small victories up. And finally, I got to a point where I woke up and I felt great and I was ready to take on the world. Tell me about like, what were, what have been some of your favorite, uh, uh, favorite episodes of the podcast to record? So I've had guests on from all kinds of backgrounds. I've had MMA fighters. Um, I've had a jiu-jitsu artist on. I've, had, uh, I've talked to somebody that struggled with addiction. Uh, folks that, that, you know, found themselves, you know, the same situation I was in. They were, you know, facing depression and, and looking for a way out. Uh, as far as the, there's a couple that pop into mind that that are probably some of my favorite um uh, fellow by the name of jared he's a jiu-jitsu coach and he's really he didn't have too troubling of a background i mean his you know he he kind of had things stacked against him but he's really he's just embraced success and he doesn't he, his success comes from within right he's not looking for he's not looking for a ton of money or a 
fame or anything like that. His, his idea, he wants to help people physically. He wants to help them get stronger and healthier. And if they want to do jujitsu, he wants to teach them jujitsu. He does things like um, every, every year around Christmas time, he collects donations to send to troops that are, that are overseas. And he just keeps building on these, on his goals. He sets goals and he goes after it. So he's been pretty, uh, he was, you know, he's, he, he was pretty, uh, uh, in, in, inspiring in the way he talked, and I know him personally as well. So I mean, I get that side of it too. But that was probably my favorite episode. That's super cool. So it sounds like all these people are are very like kind of vocal and just open about sharing their own challenges with their mental health journeys. Yeah, and that's always one question I ask them when anybody that wants to come onto the show. I, I always say, is there anything that's off limit? And, and, and I prefer there's not because I, I want to get raw. I want to get vulnerable. I don't think people are vulnerable enough. And, and it's that, that fear of vulnerability that I think really increases the impact of, you know, uh, depression or anxiety or whatever mental health challenges you're going through. And I'm not a physician. I'm not a doctor. Uh, but, but that fear of just letting yourself be raw, just laying it out there. Um, I, I think that holds a lot of people back in it, in it, in it, if nothing else, it slows down the healing. And then tell me about, so with the, with the coaching, the sort of life coaching, what, um, what sort of like clients do you usually work with and kind of what, um, just how did that, how did that start as well? So the Concrete Everest, um, Concrete Everest, when I started the podcast, I had been mulling around. So before I went into the depression, so pre-2019, um, I was, so I, I woke up, I think the first day that I really woke up and I admitted I was depressed, I turned 40 years old. And, and you know, maybe it was the midlife thing, I don't know. But I, I woke up one day and every day I had a routine, right? So I would wake up, the alarm would go off, and then I would sit on the edge of the bed for 20 or 30 minutes trying to think of every excuse possible to call into work just so I didn't have to get up and face the day. But, you know, ultimately I'd get up and I'd do what I needed to do. But one day what, what's, uh, what happens, I woke up and I'm sitting on the edge of the bed and this voice talks to me, right? And not like a literal sense, not like a paranormal or anything like that, but this voice inside my head says, you know what, what are you doing? Like, Think of everybody that's successful, Bill Gates, Oprah Winfrey, whoever, throw, throw whoever uh, you want to out there. They work within the same 24-hour window that you do. The only difference is they're making an impact in their life, and you're sitting here complaining. And, and so that, that started the mind moving a little bit. I, I decided at that point, you know, I'm going to, I'm tired of being afraid. I'm tired of being insecure and always second guessing myself and trying to get it perfect before I did anything. And so I said, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go out there. And if it scares me, I'm going to do it. And the first thing I picked was, was speaking, public speaking. And so, so uh, I joined an organization called Toastmasters and I started doing some public speaking and I got real vulnerable and, and, and I just, I just spoke from the heart and, and that kind of planted the seed for the coaching because I, in the beginning, I was mentoring other speakers. So first of all, once I stopped being afraid and I jumped into speaking, I realized I was pretty good at it <laughs> and I liked doing it. And, and so I did it more and more and my audiences got bigger and bigger. 
And so then I started mentoring people with their fears, their insecurities, um, you know, what, what was holding them back from, from being their best self. And, and, and I was just, and it was informal mentoring. I was, I wasn't charging anything. I wasn't looking for a profit. I was just providing my insights of how I got to that point. And then once the depression set in and after, you know, once I recovered from that, I'm like, okay, now I, you know, I, I better understand these fears and insecurities and how they play into this. So that's kind of my target audience um, for anybody that wants coaching or mentoring is, is, you know, the folks that are afraid, what, what's, they're, they're not, their life isn't where it, they want it to be. It could be, they know it could be, they know what they need to do, but for some reason, something's holding them back. So I, you know, I work with those folks to uh, figure out what that block is and then really just go and face it um, head on. And that's kind of where Conquering Everest was born. I, I gave a talk about um, overcoming obstacles. And, and as I was doing some prep for that, that talk, I was like, okay, I, I need a story. I need something, you know, like that's not just me and impactful. And I came across a, an article about uh, Sir Edmund Hillary. He was the first man along with his Sherpa guy to actually conquer, to successfully summit Everest. And several expeditions before him failed, including himself. He failed. Um, but then he, he conquered it. And then once he conquered it, everybody started conquering it, right? They had, he laid, he had the blueprint, he had the instruction manual and everybody just copied success. And they started to, you know, pretty soon thousands, you know, hundreds and then thousands of people now have, have successfully summited Everest. Uh, I'm not a mountain climber, but those mountains in our lives, fear, insecurity, depression, um, though those mountains can be just as hard to, 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 to climb and, and defeat as well. But you know what? The good news is people have gone before us so we can learn from them and apply those strategies and then we can conquer. Well said. Thank you. What, what, uh, what are the, some of the common, you talk about kind of uh, uh, fears and uh, maybe limiting beliefs. Like what are, what are some of the common things that you've encountered just in, in your experience coaching now uh, that you find uh, that a lot of people kind of, you know, run into the same sort of obstacles or, or are they all different? Is it very unique kind of case by case? I would say for the most part, what I've found with people, uh, with the people that I've worked with, is there is a deeply seated um, insecurity. There's a fear. And, and, and really, I think fear, um, fear of failure, fear of being judged, fear of uh, not being perfect. You know, you could, you know, there's a million different ways that fear can can manifest itself in our lives but usually what i find is something as we trace back the timeline we look back at their 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 um, their life and, and we start to call out different things and we can find okay hey here was a time where you know you had a you had to give a presentation in school and you got up on the stage and your zipper was down and everybody pointed and laughed um yeah it hurt that day and you kind of forgot about it but it's still bugging you. Like we can pull that out and say, that's still something, you know, a stage fright or whatever. So it's a little bit different for everybody, but I would say the, the, at the very root of it all, there's some sort of fear that that's, that's there. That's, that's holding them back. What, uh, where do you see, uh, do you see like continuing to, to do the podcast and coaching going forward? Are there other additions that, that you see with, 
with Conquering Everest? Yeah, um, so definitely want to keep going with the podcast. I enjoy doing that, um, I, and I enjoy speaking. And so I'm I'm getting back into speaking uh, because for two years there, while I was really suffering, I I didn't speak. And so now that that I'm I feel like I'm recovered to a point and I feel good, uh, I'm looking to build back up my my speaking and get get out there. I, I'd like to travel and, and speak to different uh, organizations or churches or, or whatever the case may be. Um, I'm also started, I've started writing a book about my, my life and my experiences and, and, and uh, you know, pointing out all the different times in my life where these limiting beliefs set in and how that all led, all, you know, basically led to almost committing suicide. Um, so that book's in the works. And really, that's just my my mission moving forward is I just want to I want to get out there and show people that, you know, you don't have to worry about a stigma. You don't you're not alone. Uh, this is something, whether it be fear, insecurity, depression, this is something that you can beat you, you, and you, you can um, and you can prosper from, you know, despite the setbacks. Awesome. Well, Brian, it's been great having you on the show. Um, and I really enjoyed our discussion today. If people want to find out like more about uh, what your work, uh, where would you direct them to? Uh, if they go to conqueringeverest.com, that'll take you to uh, my website. That's uh, There's a link to the podcast there. There's also a, a contact form if they'd like to reach out and, and you know ask a question or talk about coaching or mentoring. Uh, they can also reach me by email. Uh, Brian at conqueringeverest.com. And, and of course, I've, you know, Conquering Everest is on YouTube and Facebook. So you just, you know, if you search Conquering Everest podcast, you'll find me on social media as well. Um, people want to reach out, reach out. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and, and charge you for, you know, a little bit of time or anything like that. Uh, I want to help in whatever ways I can. So um, I would, I definitely encourage people to reach out if there's something they're struggling with. Awesome. Well, Brian, any, any last thoughts on anything related to what we've been talking about today, whether it be with, with mental health um, or the different kind of uh, challenges that we all face? Anything uh, you'd like to say before we wrap up? Yeah, I have a, a favorite quote, and I, I don't recall who, who said it at this point. And of course, it's probably been attributed to uh, a, a you know, couple handfuls of people, but that, that where I started my journey of recovery, there was this quote that says, on the other side of fear is limitless possibilities. And so I would just encourage folks to, to, to really take that in, take it to heart, write it down, put sticky notes on your mirrors if you have to, and just remind yourself that whatever you're going through, whatever, whatever's going on today, uh, there's a way out. And somebody's, somebody's conquered that before. And it's not about recreating a wheel. It's just about following others that have found success and getting people in your corner to support you, to encourage you and to hold you accountable. Awesome. Well, if you guys enjoyed the show, go ahead and like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are Roscoe's wetsuit and you can also find audio versions of the Roscoe's wetsuit neuro podcast available on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Stitcher and most other uh, major podcast platforms. Brian, again, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on the show today and, you know, sharing your, your raw vulnerable story. 
and hopefully people, uh, a lot of people connected with it. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely.